0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and today we're talking about movies. Uh, So I went and was able to go see Dr. Sleep this weekend uh, along with uh, a discussion I'm going to have on Disney Plus as I got that this week and had some time to check out some of the shows and um, features on there. And then there were a couple of movies that I saw, although Uh, On my trip that I took, I, I basically watched a movie every single night, but as I've told you guys before, right now we're getting into the crunch time of the top 50 movies of the decade, my favorite movies, and so I'm watching a lot of really good movies right now. And I'm not going to be talking about any of the ones that end up getting on the list because I will talk about them in a separate episode. So uh, I'll just go through here and let you guys know. Actually, I don't think I'm going to tell you the ones that I saw that were on there because uh, I'd rather it be a surprise. But uh, so I did watch I watched Harry Brown. Uh, with Michael Caine, and then I watched Dolomite. I actually found that was on Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime, the original Dolomite movie from 1975, and then True Grit, the 2010 True Grit, uh, along with Doctor Sleep. So uh, we'll dive right in and get started. So, uh, like I said, on the plane ride over, I uh, plane ride to I went to Louisiana and I was uh, went fishing with my dad. And so I watched Harry Brown, and it is a uh, it's a movie by Daniel Daniel Barber, written by Gary Young, and uh, stars Michael Caine along with Emily Mortimer and David Bradley, who's from uh, Harry Potter. And the movie, uh, the reason I wanted to see it, I had added a bunch of uh, Michael Caine movies to my watch list, uh, just on IMDb for ones that I want to check out because I love his acting, and I think he's one of the he's just such a, a regal professional actor and um so i wanted to see this movie because i would heard some good things about it it's from 2009 and uh the the description here says an elderly ex-service man and widower looks to avenge his best friend's murder by doling out his own form of justice and uh, it was an interesting story it was very predictable there was i don't think that i was surprised once during the movie but the reason i wanted to see it was because this is essentially the it's like an elderly taken movie in a sense it uh michael Kane used to be in the marines uh or his character used to be in the marines harry and uh so now he's an old man and the the neighborhood's kind of going to the gutter all these there's like a ton of punks who are really really mean like burning people's cars beating people up killing people and so it's a dangerous it's a dangerous world out there and so he's kind of just keeping to himself, but his friend, who is uh, Filch from uh, Harry Potter, his friend Leonard, uh, is like, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it to him." And he's got like a little, a little knife in his pocket, and he's like, "Don't, don't do that, mate." And uh, he, he does do it, and the, the bullies, the bullies, these horrible people, uh, beat him up and kill him. And uh, this how all happens. He doesn't know it. The, the police come and tell Michael Caine. And so he kind of loses his mind at that point. And so he goes on a revenge spree trying to figure out who the killer is and to kill the killer. And so you, if you're looking for a movie where you get to see Michael Caine Uh, kind of being that sort of spy, like he walks around, he's got the gun in his uh, trench coat, and then like just starts laying into people, and it's like, oh right, Michael, you're you're killing it, like literally. Uh, and in that regard, it was a good movie. But beyond that, like I said, there's nothing really that special about this movie, other than the great performance by Michael Caine. I mean, he he does some really great crying scenes and uh it's it was a tough movie because you know his his life is falling apart and he's got no one left his wife dies in the movie uh, at the very beginning and then his friend dies so he basically he's he's got nothing to lose and uh so it was an interesting movie i enjoyed it uh dolomite so this uh this was the reason i wanted to watch this movie if you guys remember from last week i had watched the dolomite is my name on netflix and again highly recommend that movie i'm still still been thinking about that movie it's a great movie uh, so I was like, "Oh, I would love to see that original Dolomite movie," but you know who knows if I'm going to be able to. And I saw it was on Amazon Prime, so I-, I downloaded it, watched that on the first night when I was in New Orleans, and uh, it is not good at all. It it's uh, it's it's like it's a good movie to watch to appreciate, especially after you've seen Dolomite is my name, or maybe if you saw it before, whatever the case is, to know what Rudy Ray Moore who uh, is the star who plays dolomite to know what he went through making this movie is just i don't know it's it's cool because the movie is really bad just like they call out it in in uh, dolomite is my name like oh this is a really bad movie no one's going to want to see it sort of thing you can totally tell why like the the acting is not good the story is really weird the but you know they they were doing the best they could with the materials and tools that they had And, uh, you know, you can't blame him for that. And so in that sense, I would almost say it's a must see just for a really great piece of cinema like that. But if you're looking for this movie to be one of those great, you know, uh, just an amazing movie, it isn't. It isn't at all. But it was good. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to summarize the movie because it essentially is the exact same in Dolomite is my name, it was cool to see the same scenes though, like the scenes that Eddie Murphy acts out, it was really cool to see those scenes again in this one, so check it out if you want, again, it's free on there, and uh, um, yeah, you know, and I changed my mind, I'll tell you the other movies that I saw, so uh, right before the trip, I watched Mad Max Fury Road, I wanted to see if that'd make it in the list, pretty sure it has, it's right there at the bottom of the list at this point, and uh we'll see if it moves up and again we'll have a discussion on that when i when i go over it uh the other one was the handmaiden which was an amazon movie as well phenomenal movie that is on my list and uh chef was the other one that is now on my list but then i watched true grit and uh i bumped that one down just a little bit i remember when i saw that movie in theaters I uh, I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was awesome. I really, I'm not a huge Western guy. I do appreciate certain Westerns, but I just, like, I'm not always looking for Westerns, and when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, wow, this is a really good Western. I liked that it was short. It was only an hour and 50 minutes, and uh, it's right there at the turn of the decade. It's 2010, but uh, it's it's Joel and Ethan Cohen written and writing and directing it, and it stars Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, Haley Steinfeld, Josh Brolin, Barry Pepper from *Crawl*, and uh, just who's who of actors. And uh, this was actually, I think, the first movie that I had seen uh, Haley Steinfeld in, and I was like, "Wow, she is an amazing actor! Like, holy cow!" And she's impressed me ever since. So it was great to watch that again. And and her performance does not diminish over the years. I wish she'd have won the Oscar, but um, but it was a good movie and enjoyable. And just again, guys, like. i've got so many movies on this list to put on this list it just doesn't make the cut and it's that doesn't diminish how good of a movie it is i would recommend checking out again these were all movies that are on amazon prime so that's free to watch if you've got a prime subscription as is chef which uh again i'll go into detail on that in the the specific episode that we'll do on the top 50 but come on chef's amazing and i completely forgot that robert downey jr is in that movie which was just awesome so moving on to the main event though which is uh dr sleep uh, this is uh, direct, uh, directed. This is actually really cool. Written and directed by Mike Flanagan, and is also edited by Mike Flanagan, uh, and based on the novel by Stephen King. Uh, starring Ewan McGregor as Dan Torrance, Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat, and then uh, Kylie Curran as Abra Stone, and she just kills it in this movie. So it takes place after The Shining. And really, kind of fleshes out that whole universe of uh, the shining universe. There's a ton of people out there that have the same powers that uh, Danny does. Maybe a little different. Some people can like look into other people. Other people can make people do things that they don't necessarily want to do. Kind of like uh, so, sort of different versions of like telepathy and telekinesis, that sort of stuff. Really cool. And um, on one side of the story is Danny Torrance trying to start over his life uh, moving to a new town and just kind of, he was an alcoholic and he's kind of just trying to get his life back on track. And he's getting these messages on his wall from, he doesn't know who yet, but it ends up being, and you, you know, it, that the audience knows it, but it's Abra, this young girl who lives like a state or two away, who is apparently an incredibly powerful, uh, shiner, I guess you could say. Um, but it all revolves around Rebecca Ferguson's character, who's the bad guy in the movie. She, along with a group of a ragtag group of characters, have essentially they're um, bottling the shine from people. The 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 they call it a bunch of different names, which I thought was really cool. But they essentially like and, and Jacob Tremblay is in this movie. There's a scene where his character gets captured. They're essentially capturing kids and whatnot to cause them and inflict on them so much pain that the the it's almost like their ghost their essence comes out of their mouth like ah and 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 they they inhale it so they're they're taking it almost like a drug and it's allowing them to live longer allowing them to become a little more powerful so essentially they are quote unquote immortal they're not they and she she points this out that you know they don't live forever they just live a really long time by feeding on these other people. And so the crux of the story is they find out when they're when they're uh, you know killing Jacob Tremblay's character uh, Abra notices she like is watching on it and and they're like uh oh there's we like we found a person who is incredibly powerful like she would give us food for forever basically. And so her and Dan team up to fight uh rebecca ferguson and her crew also a great shout out for cliff curtis if you guys remember he was in fast and the furious was he He was yeah he was in fast and the furious hobbs and shaw oh no way he was also in the meg um but he does a great job as like danny's friend what i most enjoyed about this movie was everything in it was a kind of like a service to the character so there there was never really an instance where like okay um Ewan McGregor's character is an alcoholic, so you would think part of that story would be uh, them, like, him struggling with alcoholism, and he does, but it's never like, oh, that's the the plot of the movie, is him falling back into being an alcoholic or, you know, breaking the trust with his friend Billy. Or at the same time, Kaylee's character, Abra, you would think, uh, like, her parents think she's weird and they sort of know that she has her powers, and there's a sort of fear that if they know too much that there's they'll send her away and there's a great scene where um dan's like you need to tell your parents like you need to be honest with them and share with them and she does and they believe her and it's like okay good like again those are the plot holes or not plot holes they're just the plot devices that you see so often in movies that are used to make that third act uh break apart you know there's the the movies where everyone's friends for most of the movie and then someone does something to break apart the group by the middle or end of the second act and then the whole third act's about them getting back together to fight the to fight the bad guy that is not the case at all in this movie and that's what made it so great the team is united the entire time and they it really seems like they care about each other that they're they're a family sort of and uh, i would really recommend checking out this movie there's especially if you liked the shining I won't even I'm not gonna go into the spoilers for it because you know what they are and you know what when they're coming in the movie, and they are no less awesome when you're watching them. like we were all, oh, this is this is so good as it was going. So I would really recommend checking out this film. Uh, I thought it was great. And um, I'm glad that I was able to see it in theaters on a big screen. And so before we wrap this up, like I said, the last thing I wanted to discuss was uh, Disney Plus. So we uh, we just got it, it's awesome. I have it on uh, my Roku TVs, works great. Uh, put it on my phone and iPad, works great on both of those. And then I also put it on my Xbox One and the app is fantastic. Went through, added a ton of stuff to my watch list. I can't wait to see half of these things. But uh, in terms of the things that I did watch, and so spoil—I'm going to go into spoilers for them because I I I, I want to discuss them. But I ended up watching. Uh, the deleted scenes from Avengers Endgame, those were great. I especially enjoyed the one with Tony Stark's uh, daughter. That one was really emotional. I liked the one where they were all in the trench as well, but I understand why they cut it. It didn't really make sense. And then the the other one that I watched was the Black Widow Hawkeye one where Thanos shows up on Vormir. An interesting deleted scene to be certain, but Uh, definitely unnecessary in terms of that. It made sense that wasn't put in the movie either. But then I watched the casting featurette with uh, Sarah Finn. Guys, that was incredible. If you've got a chance, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend checking that out. Huge, beautiful insights into the casting for the MCU and just how amazing Sarah Finn is in regards to picking these characters and picking the perfect actor for the perfect part uh, and it's just great to see how much she cared about the process and cared about the the experience as well. And a lot, and they show their casting videos, but a lot of the characters actually ended up auditioning for different characters, like Chris Pratt auditioned for Captain America, uh, Chadwick Boseman originally uh, auditioned for Drax, and she kind of had that eye in her mind of like, yeah, he's not a good Drax, but he's acting like a king. And so she kind of thought he'd be a perfect Black Panther. And so just really cool. And it was really short too. I think it was only like 18 minutes. And then the other one was that expanding the universe, kind of showing all the new shows that are coming to Disney Plus as well. That was good. Uh, got some great uh, pictures and animation for the what if series that was probably the biggest thing from it really excited for that series and of course all the other series that are coming I'm really really pumped for that but then um, we watched the Mandalorian we watched the the first two episodes of that show I'm hooked that show is awesome I think I like obviously I like that better than solo. But um, I don't know if I like it better than Rogue One. I might because I loved the bounty hunters in, in the movies. I always loved the bounty hunters. And to see a, a show dedicated to the bounty hunters is really awesome. The soundtrack is killer. The production value is insane because they're doing like 20, 25 million an episode or something like that. Uh, you can tell. It's beautiful. They're fly. He's flying from planet to planet. But not only that, you're getting great practical effects as well. There's still a ton of practical effects which was great, and then <clears throat> I'm sure as many of you know, if you've already seen it, the ending of it with Baby Yoda, uh, and I don't know if we're ever going to find out his name, but the little 50-year-old baby is uh, one of the most adorable characters in all of cinema, and he is slowly climbing up the ranks of one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time, especially in that second episode when he is just trying his hardest to help out the Mandalorians brew his cut on his arm, and uh, just wants to help out, and he just keeps putting him back in the crib, that was great, uh, as was when he stopped the that giant rhino creature that was awesome and then he just passes out because and it was so funny we were watching it and all at the same time we were like oh little yoda he's all tuckered out like he just he just went right to sleep and uh so that was insane how they could make such an adorable and cute character yet the the tone of the show is still sort of still gritty And the Mandalorian as well. I really enjoy that. Not only is he a really professional bounty hunter; he's really great at what he does. But he um, he makes mistakes, and so that was really cool to see him messing up in certain instances or getting the crap beaten out of him in certain instances. Uh, I can't wait till he gets unmasked, even though we already know who he is. It's Pedro Pascal, so you know, great. It's Narcos. But uh, no, so I'm I'm really pumped for that show. Also watched uh, Life According to Jeff Goldblum. And, uh, that show was great as well. Really fun and a very light show, like especially a good, good kind of show. If you're, you know, hanging out in the kitchen sort of thing, or, you know, you got people around is, it was fun. The first episode was about sneakers. He's, he goes to this, uh, uh, this convention where people are just selling sneakers for hundreds and hundreds of dollars and it's blowing his mind. It was blowing my mind. And then, uh, the second episode was about, uh, ice cream. And he's talking about how ice cream kind of triggers these memories in our heads of, uh, you know, happy times. And he went into the whole story behind ice cream social, how that started in the military uh, for kind of giving soldiers a chance to relive good memories in a sense. You know, when you eat the ice cream, you're happy. And so they were doing that. And then he also got to talk with Ben and Jerry, which was really cool. So I'm really looking forward to keeping up with that show as well um did i watch any of the others no no and i will though i plan to watch uh noel and uh, lady and the tramp i want to check both of those out and then i'm going to be starting as well some of those older marvel shows that i have not seen that look really good like uh, Silver Surfer and Spider-Woman and there's a Spider-Man Unlimited that I don't think I've seen but I'm also going to probably try and rewatch the old Spider-Man and X-Men animated as well since it's been a long time since I've seen those and so happy that all of that's on there but overall Disney Plus is a huge win especially if you were someone uh, like myself who Uh, pre-ordered the three-year advanced founders set i've got disney plus for three years i don't have to worry about paying for anything for three years and the content is there and the content is amazing it's awesome so couldn't ask for anything better i feel like i'm a i feel like i'm a part owner of disney i got so excited when it came out i downloaded it on all of my devices i i uh, sat down with my wife and we we went through a to z all the movies and shows and uh, started adding stuff to our lists and, and did the same with my brother uh, it's just it, it's a it's exciting time to be alive is, is what I'll say in regards to that um, but yeah so that's that's kind of where things are at I, I know a little bit light on the movie side but I, I want to advise you guys I'm currently also rewatching all of the Star Wars movies um, we've finished uh, Phantom Menace and we're going to be shooting to do all of them so Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Solo and Rogue One and then four through eight And I'm going to just do one podcast episode talking about Star Wars. So I'm going to save that for just one uh, so that I can properly explain why certain ones are my favorite (coughs) Phantom Menace. But uh, we'll get to that point and hopefully it won't be something that you guys skip over because uh, I know a lot of people out there do not feel like the prequel movies are great. And I hope that I am able to, in a podcast format, explain why I think the prequels are, and they are, my favorite of the the three sets of Star Wars movies. But uh, obviously I'll go into why I love the original trilogy so much as well, and all the great things about the uh, sequel trilogy that I've got going on now too. And obviously we'll touch on the the bad things as well, the, the nitpicks too. But overall, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for uh, this other stuff. So that's going to do it for us here on uh, Comics and Cinema. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and I will see you guys at the movies.